0: Happy Monday, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another special episode of the Better Faster Podcast. And I got to tell you, when I'm talking special, I'm talking the barbell physio is here, Zach Long. We had a good conversation about his mission and philosophy and what drives him to push the physical therapy profession forward. We also talk about all the things he's doing in the continuing education worlds, both in PT and strength conditioning, as well as how and why coaching is vital for physical therapists. You're going to hear about all that, but first... What we need you to do is head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. That's what helps us reach more people. All right, let's get to Zach Long, the Barbell Physio, right here on the Better BetterFester Podcast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast today. Brandon and I are so lucky to have an awesome guest, Dr. Zach Long, a.k.a. the Barbell Physio, also known as Mitch's friend, and we are so happy to have Zach on the uh, the podcast today. Uh, Zach, man, how are you doing?
2: Doing great, man. I knew that's what you were going to do. Uh, I knew you were going to call me Mitch's friend because I got on y'all for uh, in, inviting my former PT student, Mitch, on before me. Uh, I was fortunate enough to spend twelve weeks with Mitch Badcock as my student, where he taught me everything I knew over those twelve weeks. Everything I know over
1: those twelve weeks. That, no, that's all. I'm sorry. I had I had to go there, man. It was so great having both of you down here too in Carolina. Uh, we were lucky enough to have you down here for your fitness athlete course, man. That was awesome.
2: Um, I'm really glad to be here. Um, I'm, I'm really glad to call both of you friends and and when I think about the people that I know and respect in the physical therapy and fitness worlds, I can't think of two better people than you two. and I, I love listening to your podcast. and just great to spend some time Thank,
0: thanks, man. That, that that means a lot, man. It's yeah, really, that really, really does cool. it's It's cool to be respected by a colleague that we have a ton of respect for too, man. it's that, that's awesome. Um, so Zach, do you mind uh, getting us up to speed and telling our listeners a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your background, and what are you doing in the PT and Con world, man? I feel like you've you got your hand in so many hats, it's, it's hard to keep up.
2: All right, yeah. Uh, I'm a physical therapist. Uh, prior to becoming a physical therapist, I was just really fortunate to get to spend a number of years working in strength and conditioning, which was fun, but it just was never the right challenge for me. And so then I got into physical therapy and, and was treating in a general orthopedic clinic, and it was good and great. And I loved what I was doing, but it wasn't the right challenge for me. And I've just been very fortunate that over the last few years, I've just done a lot of work, uh, putting information out and promoting different things that have really brought those two worlds of strength and conditioning and physical therapy together, where I get uh, the best of both of those worlds and get to have contact and and treat a lot of great athletes and uh, meet a lot of great clinicians and travel around the, the country and soon to be travel around the world. Helping other physical therapists better understand the uh, specific needs of fitness athletes, people doing barbell-based movements, what they need to to stay healthier and perform better, et cetera.
0: So that's the mission. I mean, so did you feel like there was a there was a, a gap in the education or a void that needed to be filled? Just getting people uh, up to speed with how to work with these type of athletes, a type of population.
2: There definitely was a gap, and and don't say bridging the gap because uh, I know that's what y'all are thinking right <laughs> now. But, but for me and, and Mitch, uh, my partner in teaching this clinical management of the fitness athlete courses, uh, we hate the term bridging the gap that's thrown around in the physical therapy world a lot um, on helping athletes return to their sport because we truly believe that there should not be a gap. That physical therapists who, who, as a profession, we're trying to promote ourselves as the movement experts, we should be able to understand more than um, TheraBand external rotations for three sets of 10. We should have really in depth knowledge of, of basic strength and conditioning principles to apply proper loads and stresses to create the adaptive responses that we're actually going for. Uh, so often in the physical therapy profession, and I've been just as guilty of this as everybody, we just get in the habit of, of really basic exercises for this set, you know, set number of sets and reps and not actually setting our goal for an exercise. You know, if our goal of doing theraband external rotations is to build rotator cuff strength, then that's fine. That's, that's a great modality to go about doing that but you better put enough challenge behind it to actually um, uh, get that goal accomplished, whether that's something like strengthening the rotator cuff, improving somebody's squat strength, or just helping somebody in the acute care that Josh is in right now, helping them walk further. Like we still need to identify in the acute care setting, you know, what's the amount of activity that we must do to build this person's workload up. And and I think as a profession, we've just not done a very good job of that. And and fortunately right now we've got a lot of professionals that are, are coming around to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely point it's, I've, I've kind of said it before that I feel like when we graduate PT school, we forget about our basic exercise science principles. And it's it's just like, like you said, there are band extra rotation, three sets of 10 with everything that walks through the door. And, you know, I'm not sure that the solution is, is what's going on in PT schools. Currently, it's almost like you have to actually seek out extra seek out out mentorship, seek out stuff like you're putting out. Every exactly. Day. Um,
2: so physical therapy school prepares you for the test and they do a good job of that. I, I can't think of really many physical therapy schools that don't do a good job of that, but what they rely on is these, uh, clinical rotations to, dang it, I'm going to say it to bridge the gap between <laughs> what they're teaching Got him. and what you really need to do. And the sad part of it is, is, is most students aren't as lucky as Josh to get to do a rotation with you, Brandon. And most of them get stuck in these PT mills where they're, they're very protocol driven. And if you come in with rotator cuff pain, you're going to go do these five exercises and you're going to do them X number of times a week for X number of weeks and blah, blah, blah. And, and they never really learn how to individualize treatment, how to properly load treatment. And um, it's pretty sad. I have a student that I mentored a while back She because I mentored her before going to PT school. She wasn't eligible to do a rotation with me, but she came back and told me about her first rotation in orthopedics, where when she tried to do any sort of loading or strengthening, even if it was three sets of 10 TheraBand rotation, first visit with anybody that came in, she would get lectured because the only thing she was allowed to do first visit with any patient was do static stretching. Wow. And that's mm. that's the crap that we have physical therapy students going to in their, in their clinical rotations. And yet, as both of you know, um, somebody like myself that's trying really hard to push this profession to the next level ha- has been denied on multiple occasions being a clinical instructor because of uh, some things that in my opinion are stupid details.
1: Yeah well, I mean, you know I think you're exactly right, even when I came back from that rotation with Brandon um, when we we're all of course all discussing among our classmates uh, what we got to do, what we got to see, how we went about things, treating styles of our of our CIs. Uh it is amazing the, um, kind of range of experiences, as you mentioned from, you know, people who are sitting there and doing, you know, 40 minutes of every, you know, of 45 minutes that they have with a patient doing manual therapy and they're never the person up doing anything, which again, everything has its place, including manual therapy and different situations. But it was amazing to see those differences in, um, you know, in the way people go about it. So I do consider myself very lucky. I got to spend some time with Brandon and I also am so lucky to have found all of your stuff. Uh, Cause you put out a lot of great content, man. We can't thank you enough for that.
2: I'm trying. I'm staying busy, but It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. There's, there's like, there's seriously not a week that goes by where I don't look at my caseload and see a diagnosis. All right. So I got a patient with hip impingement coming in. Let me see what Zach would do. And you know, the thing is, I don't know if it's just because of the sheer volume of content you put out or whatever's going on with your website, but maybe a little bit of both, but it's so easy to find. I mean, it's always a quick Google search, so we definitely appreciate that, man. It's made my life a lot easier. My patient's a lot happier too.
2: Well, we got, uh, in three weeks, got a new hip impingement article coming out with uh, Sarah Heron, who's a, a physical therapy friend of mine in Seattle that's even better than my previous article.
0: Let me get that early cut, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, man. And, I, and you know, and to kind of piggyback on that whole, uh, you know, all the content you do put out. I know a big part of what you're doing right now is traveling around, as you mentioned, doing some con ed. Um, so, you know, where are you going to be here coming up? I know it's it seems to be West Coast, right?
2: Yeah, so I'm hitting the West Coast a lot this year. So up next um, in August, I head to Seattle, in Austin, Texas, and then in. I think it's October. I head mm-hmm. to Phoenix, Arizona, and then I have a couple private courses that aren't open to the public in a couple other areas.
1: Awesome, man. And I know you also, you and Mitch have uh, some awesome online courses. So people can't get out there. Um, they can, where can they find uh, some information about that?
2: So all of the, the con ed courses we do for physical therapists are at ptonice.com. So our partner in clinical education is the Institute of clinical excellence. Um, and we have, we have three different courses. That are taught. We have an essential foundations course, which is, you know, for for a physical therapist that has no background in barbell-based movements, has never done squats, or, or never been to a CrossFit, never really looked at the research on squat technique, that's the course for you. If you're, um, you know, anybody wanting to improve your analysis around the barbell, our live course is, is where it's at for that. And then our advanced concepts course is, is for People that are like, you know, I already understand the squat, deadlift, I really know how to coach those, analyze those movements, but I want to be the go-to provider for CrossFitters, Olympic lifters, and power lifters in my area. And we just dive super deep into programming and modifying training for injuries and the Olympic lifts and the gymnastics movements, things that, that will undeniably separate you from other physical therapists in your area, in that population. I mean, yeah, I, man,
1: we, we, we have
2: some some awesome stuff to teach, man. I'm, yeah, I'm the bag I'm luckiest physical therapist in the world <laughs> <my
1: God. laughs> Yeah, I know Brandon and I can't speak highly enough of the live course that was the one that you know we hosted here uh, in Columbia at Carolina CrossFit. And that was uh an awesome experience and highly recommend it as you said for anybody who really wants to work on their ability to not only perform the movements themselves but really be able to analyze and break down those you know basic barbell movements um that if you're going to work with this population you're going to see all the time so um that was awesome uh such a great experience
0: yes i get that man that course is outstanding i mean just the way the evidence was presented it it was, it was seamless, you know, going right into the practical application. So um, I, I, you don't get that in a lot of courses, man. So it was it was awesome uh, the way you and Mitch you are both well-polished, man. But <laughs> speaking of, you know, I, I think I know the answer to this, but you've got such a huge following. I mean, how many Instagram followers do you have? 110 on Instagram. And that's 110,000.
1: 110, Jeez. 110, 110, yeah. 100, uh, uh, yeah, that's 110,000, not my 110 total.
0: So it turns out there's more ways to get Instagram followers than being a hot shit that takes pictures of her ass. You can actually <laughs> put out some useful content.
1: I've
2: been but taking I'm some some really risque pictures lately, and my wife keeps preventing me from posting them up. So been squatting, I man. Really think I could be up two hundred thousand if she let me wear her booty shorts while I
1: did squats. And Getting we,
0: that tight butt, man. Been squatting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man, we hey. we need to change subject. All, <laughs> <time. laughs>
0: all right, wait, that was going somewhere with that. I'm trying to. All right, all right. Let me circle back around. So, I mean, realistically, you could probably come up with your own series of content kind of courses and just slap the barbell physio on it and just call it a day. But why did you decide to team up with Ice Physio?
2: Um, so a couple of years ago, what started me on this entire journey was, was I sat down and wrote down the vision statement that I felt like I was called to do with my life. And um, at the time I was working at a general orthopedic clinician. I didn't even understand the vision statement that I feel like that, that I wrote down that I felt like God had placed on my life. And um, because I just kept that vision state with me and following me things really changed. And in that vision statement, I didn't even realize it at the time what, was that I wanted to improve the worlds of, of physical therapy of athletic uh, rehabilitation. And um, so I was just very blessed that, that as I followed that vision and started putting out content that stuff grow. And I got to connect with some really great physical therapists that were also leaders in the field and and got to know Jeff Moore and the crew at Institute of Clinical Excellence who have the, the, the goal and the mission statement of creating physical therapists 2.0. And that, goal right there lines up 100% with what I'm trying to do and to be able to team up with somebody as great and inspirational as Jeff Moore, somebody as smart and hardworking as Mitch Babcock, to go at this as a team, to change the world of physical therapy, to create Physical Therapist 2.0, there's not a better partnership that I could create than that and I think that that with Institute of Clinical Excellence, myself and Mitch and and uh, Ryan Michael Smith, who's also faculty in the in, in, uh, fitness athlete division. I can't think of a better team to to really go about the, the mission statement that I set out and the mission statement Institute of Clinical Excellence has set out.
0: Awesome. Yeah, man. I, I don't know anyone who's doing kind of better than Ice Physio. I mean, they should probably name it after you now because they just got a really good free plug there.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, we've been lucky enough to have um, Justin Dunaway on here, too, another faculty with Ice. And, yeah. man, you all do have a, you know an all-star lineup.
2: How many iStockly have you got, had on here before me?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, we, no comment. Next question. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh,
0: All right. So uh, wait, So let's, let's uh, piggyback off of that, though, right? So at one point you were teaching BFR, right? Weren't you yeah. with Johnny Owens? Are you still yeah. doing that, or is that? No, I'm not teaching past.
2: blood flow restriction anymore. Um, it, it's something that I love and I still think very highly of Owens Recovery Science and all the stuff that they're putting out. But when I sat back and, and looked at where is my, my knowledge base best served and where am I going to have the most impact on the profession of physical therapy, it's in these courses that I'm teaching for ICE and what I'm doing on my website. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the time I was spending teaching these blood flow restriction courses were, were slowing down the growth that I should be having and the impact that I can have on our profession. And so I, I made the decision that I was going to step away from that and, and focus on where I needed to be sharing my knowledge. For sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we're we big fans of it too at the clinic. We actually had um, Mario come to our clinic a year ago, almost almost to the date, and we got our therapist certified, and we spent ten grand on the Delphi units. Um, yeah. But I'm seeing some stuff coming about, about these smart tools. Uh, have you seen that? Yes, I have. So what are your thoughts on it? Because, you know, we got another clinic that needs a BFR unit and these guys are telling me that I can get the same result with literally a 10th of the price. I mean, are, they, are these guys working me? Because to me, I don't think it's passes the a smell test, but I freely admit I could be biased because I spend a lot of money on Delphi units. Yeah, am, so I, am I missing
2: something? I haven't messed with smart tools cuff, so I can't say that at all. Um, when it comes to knowledge base around blood flow restriction, I know that there's no company doing more for pushing this, this treatment technique further than no one's recovery science. Um, As far as the actual equipment itself, I do think that that being as specific as the Delphi unit is, can be really important. Um, You know, small changes in the amount of pressure underneath the cuff can have huge differences in how a patient's feeling of discomfort is doing this. So from that standpoint, as somebody that has not tried the other cuff, I am biased in that, like I, I'm going to prefer the Delphi unit over over that one because I think the specificity of that unit's going to be a little bit better. But again, I haven't tried it, so I can't really specifically make uh, you know official statements there. I do think it's great that that another company has been able to push forward and get FDA listed because there's so many other companies out there that are trying to promote this within the the rehab worlds that aren't FDA listed or are, are claiming to be blood flow restriction yet. If you actually look at what they do, they don't they don't actually restrict arterial um, inflow, et cetera. So there's a lot of people out there that aren't doing stuff the right way. Or, or yeah, I didn't know they were FDA listed. That are putting um, tourniquets on really poor places. So occlusion calf, for example, they were putting on Instagram pictures of it around your calf where you have a really mm-hmm. uh, uh, superficial nerve right there. And I would message them and say, hey, I really wish you wouldn't promote it this way because I think you could create some nerve palsies with the way that you're doing your blood flow restriction. And they would just completely ignore what I was saying. And, and I tried to do it very professionally, but they were like blocking my comments, et cetera. Uh, and it's really sad. So, I mean, it's cool that somebody else is out there trying to do a, a scientific, well-thought-out and safe way of doing this.
0: Yeah, I guess competition's healthy for the market. So that's that's fair. That's a fair point. Definitely need to try it out before, I guess, making an informed decision on it. Yeah.
1: Well, Zach, I want to, um, you know, kind of pick it back off something that you had said a little earlier. Uh, and I want to ask you, you know, since you are someone that we look to for all that great content you put out, all these great pod- products, these courses, who are some guys in the field that that you look to that um, you're always watching the content they put out?
2: Uh, I listen to every single thing that Jeff Moore puts out. That dude is um, a genius for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so yeah, totally. That,
2: that I'm always listening to. Um, I've been on a, looking at a lot of Chris Beardsley work, Chris Beardsley's work. Um, he just puts out a lot of great uh, scientific reviews on, on principles around strength and conditioning. Greg Knuckles is one of the smartest guys out there when it comes to lifting technique and programming. Um, he's a great power lifter himself, but he's also uh, working on his PhD, I believe, and always backs his, his thought processes and knowledge with, evidence with with research articles etc um brett contreras is the same way um chris duffin puts out a lot of good information uh, there's a lot more i'm just having trouble coming up with stuff in-
0: oh,
1: yeah. and like, like, yeah. i
2: think greg knuckles chris beardsley brett contreras um are definitely some guys doing great stuff that that listen to evidence but also use practical experience which is there aren't enough people that have both of those
0: is Chris is Chris Duffin that guy that was like benching three hundred like four weeks after his pec major repair?
2: No, Chris <laughs> Duffin was the guy that deadlifted a thousand pounds for three reps and who did a squat eight hundred every day for thirty days.
1: Jeez. Yeah, he's put up some some <laughs> crazy stuff. He's the one that you know produces oh, some of the tools from our, our actually our mutual friend Zach. Um, oh, all of know. us on, don't say
2: it, don't say it. don't say it. I was about to say it. I was going to say. it. <laughs> Put Donnie Thompson on that list, man. I, yeah. I can't think oh, of yeah. else that, that I respect or, or learn so much from is Donnie Thompson. And yeah. What an incredible human he is, too.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. We're lucky enough to have we're lucky to have him in our backyard. Um, he's been influential with, I know, um, my growth, too. Um, I got to give Donnie a shout-out. But all those guys are great. I just wanted to, to get an idea of who you were looking at, man, and make sure I wasn't uh, missing maybe a diamond in the rough. Uh,
2: I'll start tagging on people when they come
1: up. Yep. I appreciate oh. that, man. Always always looking to learn a little bit more. Um, but so
0: I I think I saw some of those names you listed, though, on this uh, Stronger Experts thing. So I saw you listen on that, too, man. Bigger, Big names, too, like Cowdeeds, Travis Mash. Um, what's yeah. that all about? The Louis Simmons. The Louis yeah. Simmons.
2: The Louis Simmons. So uh, just got contacted a while back by this really cool online platform. So um, there are a lot of great strength and conditioning conferences out there. And the problem with those are, you hear somebody talk and then you don't really get much of a chance to have interactions with them. So this guy, uh, Philip Tremblay from uh, up in Montreal, had this great idea of creating an online conference with some really well-known names in the fitness industry, you know, from Louis Simmons, Travis Nash, uh, the head coach of the, the rugby, all blacks, et cetera, to come in and give a couple talks on their area of expertise, as well as doing live Q and A's with the members of this chat so that they can get some serious Feedback and dialogue going on with these experts, not just you know go to a conference, hear this person talk for you know one to three hours, and then maybe catch them for twenty seconds in the lobby. So uh, I'm fortunate enough to to be joining that platform and, and be giving some talks on there. But it's a really cool thing. I think it's going to create a, a level of a connection with these speakers that that you don't really get very often in in conferences around strength and conditioning.
0: No, that's that's got to be a huge honor, man. Congratulations on that. That's that's awesome.
2: Yeah, uh, like I I told y'all off air, I I was pretty much dead set on not doing anything else new this year because of how much stuff's on my plate, and then they showed me the list of people speaking on this, and I was like, well, crap, there's no way I can say no to talking at an event that that Louis Simmons is at, and Travis Mash is at, and Mike Isretel's at.
1: Yeah, I don't blame (laughs) you, man. That's an impressive lineup, and you definitely deserve to be up there. Uh, I know we... Uh, we still, like I said, we've said multiple times, appreciate everything you put out, including I want to talk about one specific thing that you've put out uh more recently. Uh I I actually haven't looked at this one because I have the one point version, um, but we have uh the new Master of the Squat. You just came out with a uh, version two point Um tell me about Master of the Squat. I know uh one point was awesome. So what kind of things did you update when you came out with this new uh new version?
2: If you have one point you have two point okay. So I'm I'm not double charging people there. It's the same link that you got when you when you downloaded one point um, but basically a couple of years ago, I, 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 kept getting requests from people to understand more of how I look at the squat. So I put out this video, master the squat. And that was my first version. And, and what I learned since putting that out, you know, exponentially grew up. When you put something like that out, a lot of people come to you with videos and questions and it makes you continually search for more answers. And so my knowledge base exploded after 1.0. And, and I realized that, that I had gotten to a point where So little of what I do with the squat was actually covered in that video and I had to reshoot it. But basically we look at the squat as a fundamental movement pattern. And what are all the things that can limit performance at a a body weight squat all the way up to maximal loads? So, you know, what, what's, what mobility pieces come into the equation? What motor control pieces come into the equation? When somebody gets lifting at heavier loads and we see their technique change at heavier loads, what might that mean about where they're strong or where they're weak? Um and, and what are some things that we can do if somebody's dealing with an injury? How can we modify their training or what are the things that I look at? I just covered the squat from from A to Z, um trying to put as much information out there as I can to help clinicians make better decisions working with barbell athletes or help coaches better understand these movements so they can keep people out of out of me and Brandon's doors.
1: Yeah, I have to say, um, I I was not in PT school when I um, purchased Master the Squat uh, back when it first came out, man. And I'd already been coaching, you know, in the CrossFit gym for for a couple, few years at that point. And it did really change how I looked at the squat, and I I really you know love that. Um, you know, loved that thing that you put out, but also uh, you put out another thing with it that was about the shoulder that I highly recommended to people too, that shoulder performance uh, for the fitness athlete. Those two things really did help me as a coach so not even as a clinician or a, a student yet, um, really as a coach evaluate movement a little bit better and and as you said break it down so i could you know you can really figure out what area you need to address and how you're going to address it And uh, uh, so those are both awesome products i i yeah. already
2: i want to reshoot master of the squat 2.0 i already want to make 3.0 because um, <laughs> looking back i'm like crap there's like three things i didn't mention that i wanted to but i i also really need to get around the shoulder performance for the fitness athlete and redoing that it's just dang man time's getting crazy that's <laughs> the only thing I don't have right
0: now that I need more of. You're all over the place, man. Yeah. that. That's piggyback off Josh, man. That, that content is awesome. I mean, it's the, the stuff that improves you as a coach technique, even just the cueing, the things that you say to correct patterns. Like I, that's the stuff I really appreciate the most. Like when you can just, you know, verbally cue someone and their technique performs without even having to throw a bunch of, you know, corrective exercise or mobilizations at them too. So uh, appreciate that stuff, man.
2: Yeah. That's one thing we really try to push. Um, um, especially in our clinical manager, the fitness athlete courses as physical therapists, with the skill set we have, we always want to break stuff down so fast. All right, your squat looks bad. Let me test out your ankles. When a lot of times it really just comes down to, to identifying the most prominent movement fault, coming up with some ideas of what that might be caused by, and, and then coaching people. As physical therapists, we forget how to coach so often. And, and guys like Josh are going to be in such a huge advantage when they start their physical therapy career because you've spent so much time not being able to do as much of the hands-on stuff. And you've had to rely on coaching cues a lot more than the average physical therapist has. And so you're going to be able to make some of those quick changes that come with coaching cues, whereas other physical therapists might have to uh, uh, do the longer-term plays. So uh, last, last course I taught, we, we did a breakout on somebody's squat, and, and one of the, the, the clinicians argued with me, well, not argued with me, but he politely debated with me on, you know, this girl's squat technique was bad because her ankle dorsiflexion was poor. And he's like, so why are you worrying about cueing her with specific things to make her movement better when it was very obvious that it was her ankle mobility limiting her squat? And I said, well, if I can coach her or cue her into slightly better positions to create an immediate effect where we alter her movement patterns, then we can change her pain or improve her performance right away. And then we get her buying in immediately to me being the person that's going to solve her issues But then we also have a conversation with her on, you know, this is a a temporary way that we're going to modify your symptoms or put you in slightly better positions. But long-term, when we get this ankle unlocked, then you're going to be blown away by how much better you move. If I had just moved to that ankle dorsiflexion restriction, which has been there for a long time, then then I'd have to get her to buy into the next six weeks kind of sight unseen. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get to where you have better cues and coaching techniques from the start, you're going to be able to catch a number of people, and get them moving better immediately and get them buying into what you're doing right away versus having to say, Hey, just trust me that over the next six weeks you're going to get better.
0: Absolutely. Not only that too, if you just constantly point out what's wrong, sometimes you can make people feel broken oh, too.
2: Yes, absolutely. I love that you said that. Um, it's it's one thing that, that I work really hard on. I'm have to cuss.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. So, <laughs>
2: so I, This is going to bite me in the butt one day in the clinic, But but I regularly tell people in the clinic, like, Hey, you know what? You've got this really bad back pain going, on, this, this, and this. But I just want you to let you, want to let you know that nothing's as fucked up as you think it is. <laughs> and, and I say that. I drop an F-bomb in the clinic on them because I, I know that when somebody leaves my office for their first visit, they're going to come away with, with two or three things that they remember. And I want one of them to be that my physical therapist said that I'm not that jacked up mm-hmm. so that they feel like they, they leave my clinic less scared of what's going on than when they came in. And I don't want to bombard them with ten things that's wrong with them. I'm going to focus on two, maybe three things that we can get moving a little bit better. And then next week, if one of those is doing better, then I introduce something else that they need to do. But but we don't need to scare people away. We definitely need to make them feel like they're stronger and not as fragile as they Absol- often feel like when they come to physical therapy. So the absolutely works man. really well for that.
0: Absolutely, man. <laughs> learning learning is an emotional experience, man, and it's it's like you said, uh, you can turn out to be like a hope dealer in a way, in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Focusing no, on the positive. No, I love that, and I like what you're talking about in terms of you know, from a PT standpoint, learning to coach. One of the things I appreciate about the co- your your course was um, the depth you went into the different types of cueing and ways of cueing, and and how if a verbal if verbal cues aren't working, well, how are you going to do it from a visual standpoint? If visual cues aren't working too, what kind of tactile things are you doing to try to create that immediate change too, or immediate change too? Um, rather than standing up there and just saying things to people or at people. Um, I liked how you know, comprehensive it was because that's, so, that's so true. Some people are going to respond to um, tactile work better than they are to any other type of cueing. Some people, you, you know, you it's it's visual. They need to see you were doing this right here. I want you to try to do this right here. Um, so I appreciated the the way you all went about, um, you know, breaking it down in that manner. Yeah, I was
2: really, really fortunate in, in my clinical rotations to do a pediatric rotation. Mm -hmm. where I was working for kids from, from two weeks old to 10 years old. And that really made me spend a significant amount of time figuring out what are the the different ways I can get somebody moving the way I want them to. when sometimes they can't even understand how I'm trying to cue them verbally. Um, And that was a, a really amazing learning experience. And then, you know, I've been able to fail a lot of times and fail over and over and over and over on different cues to the point where I had to develop more and more cues to to help people out.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's great. I think if you're out there listening and you, um, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I get better at that aspect? One, tend to course. Um, that's one way to help. But also, um, getting in a gym, specifically, I'm telling you, like, I, I don't always sit here and push CrossFit, but there are so many people coming through a CrossFit gym daily that need help with their movement. And it is the best way at least that i've found to get your eyes on movement with a chance to make change and again like you said you know doing it in ways where you're not just doing you know using your hands or breaking out this this little part of this whole overall pattern um i I thoroughly think almost every pt especially you you know you know if you're a student get in a gym and try to coach in some way um and get coached i think that's the most beneficial thing you can do
2: i agree i don't think that there's any any way that you can learn more about being a good physical therapist than by coaching. Because mm-hmm. if you coach a CrossFit class, you've got 10 to 15 people coming to you every hour that you coach trying to improve their, their movement capacity. Yep. And it's just an opportunity to learn how to cue a lot of people because mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of time with individuals. You know, Most of us are fortunate in the physical therapy setting that we, we get maybe 30 minutes to an hour with a patient where you can try a bunch of different cues. And so that, that buys you a lot of time. When you're in a crossfit class and you're one coach and there's 10 people in there, you know, you got an average of about three minutes per per client in there. So you got to learn really fast how to cue and correct things. And it makes a huge difference for a lot of athletes. And then, like you said, uh, actually getting in and having some sort of movement practice yourself Mm -hmm. makes a huge difference. You need to use yourself as a guinea pig. I can't think of a single style of barbell based training that I have not tried in the past, whether it's super high volume bodybuilding work from German volume training, all the way down to uh you know mad cows five by five to crossfit to juggernaut training to dog crap training i've tried it all (laughs) because i want to experience all of it and, and have different ideas of what works for me what doesn't and and how that might impact my patients or athletes that i work with
1: no i think that's so great man i think um you know, you gotta treat yourself as an in equal, in equals one. A lot of times, um, and yeah, you know, I'm the same way. I, you know, I trained for a triathlon one time because I wanted to better be able to to program for endurance athletes. I didn't end up doing the that's, triathlon, but I trained for it. That's <laughs> just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, but it was kind of the same kind of thing. It's like you got you know, to, you know, there's something about you know being coached too, that. I think uh, we always like to think we, you know, we know everything or we're, you know, we're the top of the few chain in a lot of ways, but man, it helps to have somebody look at your movement and help coach you see how they do it. You know, you, I learned just as much from that as I do from, you know, from actually the act of coaching.
0: It's perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: important. And just also training is also what gives you credibility and commonality and intent with your patients, especially working that population. So it's very, very important to practice what you preach for a lot of mm-hmm. different reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I saw that hang snatch on Instagram from you, Brandon, last week, that PR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got I got, I got a lot of work to do, man, I'll take it.
0: Two hundred man. Two cook two oh, two cookies. Yeah. That's really good. Not two cookies really is two twenty
1: five. That's really good. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad for a Citadel guy, but uh yeah. you know, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Bro. Old old not weak.
0: <laughs> Hashtag old not week.
1: <laughs> no, that no, yo, I think <laughs> Oh,
0: man. all right zach <laughs> um before we uh before we uh part ways here man i just want to say thanks for coming on the podcast and sincerely thanks for all you do lead from the front and push you pressing forward um is there anything else you wanted to plug anything we get off your chest before we sign off
2: oh man um if anybody's interested in courses those are all listed at ptonice.com uh, the online and, and, and uh online and live courses are all there if you go under courses
0: and where can the people find you if they want to look you up?
2: You can find me on, uh, on the website's the barbellphysio.com. I'm also on, on Instagram and Facebook as the Barbell Physio. Um, but I tend to say like if, if there's something you're gonna follow, go follow the website because social media stuff that, that's a glimpse into to a picture. You know, you can go see a, a random uh, a random movement to improve your squat there, but but you can find articles that are going to explain in depth why you actually might want to use that article. So I, I use Instagram and those sort of things to drive traffic to the website where you can actually learn the bigger picture. That's what's more important.
0: Media mm-hmm. is the bait. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to not the website. website.
1: And the, and the thing I love about your website, too, man, is you, you bring in a lot of great guest posts um, from, co- you know, clinicians that are doing all sorts of great things. Again, like you mentioned about the stronger experts there, you know, talking about things that they are passionate about and their expertise. Um, and so I always, I always go to your website just because I know I'm going to get great content from you, but I'm also going to get this great content from other people that, I, uh, you know, I know has been vetted. Otherwise, it wouldn't be up there
2: yeah i make some people mad sometimes when they send me articles and i say no but like it's it's really important to to have the right sort of quality and content and stuff that, that fall in line with what the vision is
1: sure yeah man no that's awesome um so, uh, you know, if like Zach said, please check them out on Instagram or the website, specifically the website, thebarbellphysio.com. If you want to hear more from Brandon and I, of course, the, we're at the Better Faster Podcast or betterfasterpodcast.com. Uh, and if you want to hear more from Brandon, go to vertexpt.com or at vertexpt. And you can find out more from me from carolinaperformancetraining.com or at cpt underscore strength. We appreciate you listening and tune in next Monday.
2: This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialists. One
1: patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.